Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms. I'm going to ask you to find two places. The book of Psalms, uh, chapter 78. And then in the New Testament, I want you to go ahead and mark the book of Titus, chapter 2. Okay, so Old Testament, book of Psalms, chapter 78. And then New Testament, we're going to look at the book of Titus, chapter 2. I, I, today is a, is a wonderful day, and I'm so thankful for... Gary to come out and share um, about life choices. Uh, we get to do a special parent dedication, baby dedication at the end of our service, and we're excited about that. And so I just wanted to spend the, the rest of our time together this morning talking about um, just building a little bit on what we discussed last week, and well, it was actually two weeks ago, uh, when I shared about the uh, meaningful commitments, the personal consecration, um, you know, building relationships in the church, committing to serve in the church, um, just all of the things that we have got to do as a church beginning here in 2018 as we look ahead and, and to become the church that we know that God wants us to be and has called us to be. And I began to think about, I'm pretty new here to, uh, to Christ Church, and I know some of you here are new as well, and some of you have been here a very long time, but I never want to assume or take for granted that we understand some of the basic things about church and, and specifically church membership. And so I began to think about, okay, well, how can I just communicate a, a very basic message, uh, especially right here at the beginning of the year, to talk about membership and why membership matters and more specifically why you matter, why every member of this congregation, of this church, and really every member of every local church, why you matter to that specific church. And so we looked at that a little bit last week and about how we become a vital and a healthy and an active church through those uh, four principles that I shared. But I want you to understand this morning that everybody in this church, there, we have infants right now in the, in the nursery that are being loved on and tended to, and we have shut-ins who can't, couldn't get out this, this morning, who... Maybe we'll get a visit this week from one of our members, or maybe they can listen to the sermon online. But I want you to begin to understand that from those infants right now in the nursery who are just beginning to, to experience life, to those who are actually shut in in their homes and can't even get out physically anymore, everybody matters. And everybody is needed, and everybody has a role and a place. Now, when we think about where you are this morning, I feel like there's about four different places that you could be possibly this morning. And, and maybe as I'm explaining these, you can ask yourself, where are you? Number one, you may be a committed, contributing member to Christ Church. You're, you're plugged in, you're engaged, you're giving of your time, your talents, your resources. You are, you are committed to Christ and you're committed to his body and, and you may be in that place right now. You also could be a non-committed church member. You may be someone who's, a, you know, you're a member of this church. Um, but you may not be really engaged or plugged in or serving in any general capacity or any specific capacity. And so you may be a church member, but you're maybe not committed or to the place of commitment that you need to be. Uh, we have people who are regular attenders, and, and you, that may describe you this morning. Maybe you have been attending this church and you've been coming to worship at this church um, for years and years and years, or maybe for months, but you've not yet joined the church. And then some of you are just simply our guests or our visitors this morning. And again, I want to welcome you, and I'm so glad that you've chosen to worship with us this morning, if that is who you are. But the big message that I want to share this morning is that membership does matter. Church membership really does matter. Now, there's something going on in our present generation, and I know there's really nothing new under the sun. 
I know uh, the book of Ecclesiastes reminds us of that, that the sinfulness of man has pervaded the, uh, the culture of man from, from the very beginning. So there's really nothing new. But when I look at this generation, when I look at the up-and-coming generation that we see, and people call them millennials or even those who are younger than the millennials, those who are the children right now who are coming up in our culture and in our society, I see two blaring uh, deficiencies in this next generation, in, in, in this generation. And that, and that is this, is that they are resistant to authority. They, they don't like people to tell them what to do. And they have commitment issues. It's, and I think I touched on that a little bit a few weeks ago. But, but many of the people in this up-and-coming generation, they have a very difficult time making a commitment to anything. And then they have a really uh, difficult time with submitting themselves to authority. Well, guess what? Those are two of the primary requirements and qualifications that every church member must exercise if they're willing to join themselves to a local church or to a body, is that we have to be willing to commit to the Lord Jesus Christ and commit to each other, but we also have to be willing to submit ourselves to authority. Now, ultimately, we submit ourselves to the authority of Jesus Christ, but we are also submitting yourselves to the authority of the local church. And, and there is real authority that God has given through the leadership and the elders of the church. And, and you're willing to say, I'm submitting myself to that authority. But ultimately, we know all authority comes from God. Let me give you a definition from Nine Marks Ministry about church membership. This is its definition of church membership. It is a formal relationship between a local church and a Christian, okay, that's characterized by the church's affirmation and oversight of that Christian's discipleship. And then it's the Christian's submission to living out his life or in his or her life of discipleship under the care of the church. And so the biggest thing about that definition that I want you to kind of say is that it's this mutual relationship. It's this mutual commitment that the church has with the Christian and you as an individual member have with the church. Now, I just wanted to take a second to give you some biblical qualifications for membership. Again, I don't want to take anything for granted because this may answer some simple questions that many of you may have had over the years, and you say, I've never really known what it really means to be a member at Christ Church. Well, I don't ever want to take that for granted. So here's some biblical qualifications for church membership. You ready? Number one, to become a member of a church, you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and you really don't know if I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We can fool each other for a time. Now, there should be evidence of your relationship with Christ, and we can get into that another day. There's evidence of fruit in your life and that you've truly been changed by Jesus Christ. But ultimately, that relationship, that profession of faith in Jesus Christ is between who? It's between you and God. And at the end of the day, ultimately, only God and only you truly deeply know where you stand with the Lord. But as a, as a church, we have to take you as you come and make a profession. We're believing that you understand the gospel, that you understand that you need Jesus, that you're willing to give your life and trust Jesus for your salvation, for the forgiveness of your sin, and that you've entered into this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you've come before the church and you've made a profession that you've confessed with your mouth. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I'm in a relationship relationship with him. That's, that's basic number one qualification for church membership. Do you know what though? We have many, many churches today that are full of people. And I don't use that word full lightly, that are full of people who I really begin to wonder if they truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if we, if, if you become a member of this church without us really knowing that you have a per personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we haven't done our part 
We have failed you. And so we're going to get into ways that we can help you walk through that and understand your testimony. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But this is very basic, very uh, essential that you have a personal relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Number two is that usually there's some mode of baptism that takes place. Now, here at Christ Church, we're unique. We're a non-denominational church, and many of you may have come from different church backgrounds. And you say, well, I was baptized, I was, I was sprinkled. Guess what? I've been baptized two ways. I was sprinkled as a Methodist when I, when I came to know the Lord at 17 years old. I was just before my 18th birthday, I, I made a profession of faith, and I was sprinkled. And then later, when we joined a Baptist church, a little country church, when my wife and I were off to college, they said, well, sprinkling ain't quite good enough for us Baptists, so we got to get you under the water, Right? And so they dunked me, and I was immersed. So, hey, I'm covered both ways. But no matter what your church background may be, when you made that profession of faith in Jesus Christ, then the, one of the very first acts of obedience or the first steps that you take as a committed Christian is that you want to make that profession known, right? You want to make it public. It's like a wedding ceremony for Christians. It's your, it's your chance to stand before God and before many witnesses and to say, I, from this day forward, have committed my life to Jesus Christ, and I choose to follow him as a disciple, and I've put my faith and trust in him, and this act of baptism is a, is a representation of what's happened to me on the inside. And that's what baptism is all about. So if you're here and, and you don't know about joining this church, and that may be a big, that may be a big stumbling block for you. Like, well, I don't, I've already been baptized. Or are they going to ask me to get rebaptized? Those are all questions that we want to help answer for you. Now, here at Christ Church, let me tell you something. It, the mode of baptism, if you want to be immersed, guess what? We'll immerse you in a baptistry. If you want to be sprinkled, guess what we'll do? We'll sprinkle you. If you want us to pour water on you for baptism, it doesn't matter. The mode of baptism is not as essential as the fact that you are willing to be a candidate for baptism based upon your profession of faith. Does that make sense? Pretty clear, right? All right, number three, biblical qualification. You have to affirm the essential doctrines of the church. Well, Brother Marcus, well, do we even know what Christ church believes? How many of you know that we have a, a doctrinal statement on our website, and I can give you a printed version if, if you don't know that. When, when I was uh, approached about becoming a pastor here at Christ Church, you know the very first thing that I did? I got on the website, and I checked out the doctrinal statement because I had to make sure that if my family and I were going to join ourselves and, and partner with this local church and this local ministry, we had to agree with the basic doctrines that this church believes and I encourage you, if you may not even know what we, I mean, how do you know that we're not handling snakes in the back? You may not know that, right? Drinking poison. Now, I say that lightly, but seriously, how do you know what we really believe if you've never really investigated and made sure, okay, do I really believe, is this biblical, doctrinal, are these state, doctrinal statements and affirmations biblical based upon the inspired, infallible word of God? And those are the essential things that we have to agree on. And so I encourage you, if you hadn't checked that out lately, go to our website, Check out those essential doctrines and make sure if you're a member of this church or you want to be a member of this church, that you agree with those doctrines. If you can't agree with those doctrines, then this may not be the church for you. Very simple, right? Number four, there is a submission to God-ordained leadership. There is a submission to God-ordained leadership. God has placed you under the care and the spiritual direction and leadership of the elders in this church. We are ordaining two new elders today. All of our elders are in Arlington this morning because we're ordaining two new elders to our church 
And it's a wonderful opportunity for us to get to know them. They're actually going to be here next week, and we'll do the very same ordination service for them. So they get to go through it twice, but we'll get to experience that with them next week. Now, the elder body of this church is the spiritual leadership that God has given and granted authority to lead this church. And you have to be willing to submit to that authority. And, And that's not a bad word. That's a good thing because there's so many benefits for us to submit ourselves to godly biblical leadership. And there are many benefits that you get from being under the teaching and preaching of of God's word, uh, for for being prayed for and cared for and visited, uh, for for being counseled and and, uh, for us equipping you and helping you find your role and your place and your giftedness in the church and, and where you can be most effective serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there are so many benefits of being willing to submit yourself to that authority. Now, there is an issue there of, of uh, a lot of people hear this word church discipline and, and what does that mean? Well, you know, it simply means this, that we're accountable to God and we're accountable to one another. And so if you are a member of this church and you're out being a heathen, raising all kind of heck out there in public and, and putting the name of Jesus to shame, well, let me tell you something. We want to hold you accountable to that. And we have a responsibility to, to come to you lovingly and say, what's going on? You know, what your life is not lining up with what we believe as Christians. And, and there's maybe some, some issues of sin or public sin or something really bad going on in your life. And we need to know about it. And we want to love you through it. And we want to help restore you unto the Lord. And there, there is part of that responsibility as leadership in this church. And so there, there are many things that come with being willing to submit yourself to God-ordained leadership. And then the last one is mutual commitment. Mutual commitment to the body of Christ. So when you become a member of this Christ, let me tell you something. What you, what's just happened is that you have inherited a whole new family. Can I get an amen? And we are dysfunctional. We are. And we all bring our junk and our baggage and, and all this you know, stuff, and yet we're, we're saved by the grace of God, and we love Jesus, and we're trying to serve him the best that we can by faith. And we bring all this together, and we're committed to each other, understanding that you're not perfect, I'm not perfect. The church is not a hotel for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. That's what the church is. And I'm, I'm the chief, okay, the chief of sinners. That's what the apostle Paul says. I, he was the chief of sinners, And so I need Jesus just as much as you need Jesus, and we all need Jesus together. And so that's why we can commit to one another and understand that we all need to keep pointing each other back to Jesus, encouraging each other, bearing each other's burdens, praying for one another. You all have heard that, okay? And and I've preached that um, very clearly over the last few weeks. But those are the, the biblical qualifications for church membership. Now, what do you do? Let's just go practical now. So you're here, maybe you've been visiting, and you don't know how to join this church. Well, what, what do you do? There's a couple of options. Let me just tell them to you real quickly. At the end of the service, uh, that's always a good time. If, you're, if you have a desire to join our church, you want, you want to come see me. You want to come see Brother John. You want to come see one of our elders. Uh, you come and make that desire known to us. Okay? And you can do that in private. You can do that at the end of church uh, during our time of response. Or you can wait till everybody's gone and, and we can go talk and, and talk about it in the office. It doesn't matter. But what, what we'll do from that point is we'll get to know you a little bit. We'll talk to you about your story. And then we'll try to get you plugged into a new members class that one of our elders, Jim Mitchell, leads. And through that members class, that's where we really get to know you. 
So we'll hear your testimony. We'll hear a little bit about your background, your story. We'll talk about things like baptism. You know, that's where you'll really understand more about the church, and we'll begin to understand more about you. And then once you've gone through that class and, and, and Brother Jim uh, sends you back to us as, as the leadership of the church and says this person has a true walk with Jesus and they have a profession of faith and, and they meet all the qualifications for membership, we're going to get you plugged into a small group Bible study. We're going to try to get you connected. And we're going to try to find out where is your place of service. And then we're going to bring you right here in front of the church and we're going to celebrate with you. And we're going to say God has added to our church these members, and now we're going to welcome you with the right hand of Christian fellowship and love you and embrace you and get to know you. And so I just wanted to make sure this morning that if you had any doubts or or any questions or any confusion about, you know, where am I or have I joined the church, am I a member? Let me ask you this question. If you've been attending this church for a long time and you're not a member, why? Why not? What's keeping you? If you you have any questions or confusion or problem, please come see me. I want to know. I want to help you. Because the sooner that you can understand that there is so much benefit for you getting plugged in, the accountability, the gift of service, all of the things that God wants to do through you to edify and to build and make this church a healthy church, you matter. Every member matters. And membership matters. Now remember, the church is God's design. He's the one that established the church. It was his idea to to build the church and to use the church, the living, breathing people of God on planet earth to carry out his mission. And so we have eternal implications in what we're involved in as God's bride, as his body here on this earth. So it is a very much a a divine purpose. It is very much God's design. And if you're here and you don't appreciate or understand membership, I want to get you to the place where you can appreciate it and understand it and embrace it because we need you and you matter. That's what I'm talking about when I say every member matters. Now, real quickly, we're going to look at... 1 Corinthians 12. I know I told you to have Psalm 78, and I know I told you Titus 2, and we're going to get there at the very end. But I want you to real quickly turn to 1 Corinthians 12 because I want to share a a couple of quick illustrations about why you matter this morning. 1 Corinthians 12. I just want you to hear what Paul, the Apostle Paul says here in this passage. I'm not going to read very much, but I'm going to to start in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Paul says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. And then a little bit later in verse 14, he says, For the body does not consist of one member, but many. And then he goes into this long illustration about the different parts of the body and how each one is needed and necessary. Now let me ask you this this morning. I think it's very, very important. Some people think that they don't matter because they don't have a microphone in their hand. Listen, the only reason that I'm standing here before you today is because God called me to preach. I didn't choose that. Ask my wife. This kind of hit us out of the blue. I mean, when I was surrendered to ministry and I was called to ministry, it was something that God did in my life. And I knew that he was calling me to preach, to be a communicator, a mouthpiece of the gospel, to edify the church. So in in other words, maybe my, my spiritual gift, being the teaching and preaching of the gospel, involves me speaking and communicating the gospel to you. So maybe in that sense, I'm the mouthpiece of this body. One of the mouthpieces of this body. And that's my gift. But some people think, well, if I don't have a microphone or if I'm not up on the stage, like on the praise band or something like that, then maybe I'm not as significant. That's not what the Word of God says. 
The word of God says that every member matters. As a matter of fact, do you know how important your pinky toe is right now? I don't know if any of you have ever lost your pinky toe, but what I understand, if you don't have your pinky toe, you can't walk right. You lose all kinds of balance. And we think something as insignificant as a pinky toe on, the, on our foot is not important. But if you lose that pinky toe, you notice it right away. And so there is something significant about no matter who you are or where you are this morning or where you are serving, you matter. I say it this way. Maybe you're the back of this body and you're good at carrying loads and bearing other people's burdens. Maybe you're the ears of this body. Maybe you're just a good listener and you're sympathetic to other people. You know, it, it takes, it takes a, a true talent, a true gift to be just a good listener. Maybe that's who you are. Maybe you're the knees of this body and you best serve God on your knees in the closet in a secret place praying for this church. I, I talked to Larry just the other, two weeks ago. And I just want to share this. Many of y'all know Larry. He sits up here every Sunday morning. And he brought me aside last week. He said, Brother Marcus, he said, I can't do much. I'm, I'm, he can't hardly see. He can't hardly walk. He said, but I want you to know that I can do something for this church. He said, I can pray for this church. And I am praying for this church. And I will continue to pray for this church. And I just want you guys to understand that there is no one member in this church that is insignificant and that is not needed. Everybody here has a purpose and a role to play. And I want to I inspire you and encourage you this morning to understand that that may be who you are. Maybe you're an open hand, that you're a, a gifted giver and you can support the ministry financially. Or maybe you're that pinky toe. And if we were to take you out of the, the, the formula or the equation of this church, we would just be all out of whack and all off balance. I don't know. You may or may not know where you are and how you're serving and how you're contributing to this church. But I want you to understand this morning that... You matter. So not only does membership matter, and not only does every member matter, but the last thing I want to share with you this morning is that every generation matters. Every generation matters. Read, all right, flip back to Psalm 78 with me real quick. I know I've got to wrap this thing up. Psalm 78. Just listen to the words of this psalm. I'm going to read, I'm going to start in, in verse 4. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. He established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel. He commanded our fathers to teach their children. Now listen, that the next generation might know them, and listen to this, and the children yet unborn. And arise and tell them to their children. Did you catch that? Now how, how ironic it is that we're talking about the sanctity of human life and, the, and the, un, the, the, the unborn children in the womb. And this passage, this is just another great illustration, Gary, about how God views the life in the womb. Because the Lord is telling us that the way that we should be discipling each other is that the people in the next generation should be so inspired and on fire to carry out discipleship that, that it would follow up not just to their children, but to the children who have yet to even be born. They're grandchildren that are even just now in the mind of God that haven't even been conceived yet. That's the kind of discipleship that I desire to see at Christ Church. So I'm, I'm going to go backwards. I was going to start with children. But I'm just going to go backwards this morning. I want to talk to our senior citizens this morning. Because one of the things that I, I'm just going to be, just be honest with you this morning. One of the things that I've heard is, you know, I've heard people talk about Christ Church and where we are. And like, you know what? We're just getting older. 
We're just becoming an older church. And we don't have as many young people as we used to. And you know what? And I've talked to a lot of pastors and I've talked to a lot of people in church circles. And you know when they talk about churches that are getting older, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you, they talk about it in a very negative sense. We're just, we're just dying. We're just, there's just a dying church. Let me tell you something. Our senior citizens in this church, you are not a liability. You are an asset. You're one of the greatest assets that we have. And I just believe with all my heart, if I can inspire you and encourage you right now, that your service unto the Lord is just starting Don't believe that you've lived a life of faith and now you're just kind of wandering around not figuring out what it is that God has for you to do. We need you. We need the elders in this church. We need the senior citizens in this church because we need your prayers. Just like Larry, we need your presence. We need your witness. We need your testimony. We need your your level-headedness. We need your experience. We need your wisdom. There's so much that we can gain from you from from the next generation that many churches are missing out on. And when I look out and I see a very good mixture from young to old in this church, I think it is a blessing from God and that you're not a liability, but you are very much an asset to this church. But the thing about it is is that we've got to find and we've got to commit because when we talk about next generation discipleship, it goes both ways. We go from the cradle to the grave. But let me tell you something. Here's Here's the rule, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. There should be people in your life that are further along in their walk with Jesus that you are seeking out, okay? It goes both ways. If you're not seeking out somebody else in your life that's older in their faith, then you're missing out on something. But there should also be uh, we who are more mature in our faith, or no matter where you are in your faith, you should always be seeking out someone who is younger than you in your faith. You see what I'm saying? So, so no matter where you are, you should be seeking out somebody who's further along in their faith, our spiritual fathers and grandfathers, and then we should be investing in the next generation and seeking out someone younger in their faith so that we can invest into that next generation. And I don't know where you are this morning, but I'm going to encourage you right now, please, to take that seriously and consider who is God leading you to invest in, in both directions. Guys, I can't make this happen. You are the ones that are going to have to make this happen. But I can, we can as church, and I do believe that one of the goals we're going to make this year is to create opportunities for our older citizens, our older church members to be more engaged with the younger families, and vice versa, our children to be more engaged with our teenagers and our younger couples, and just find ways to to integrate our generations because we have so much to learn and to gain and to grow from when we look at that from each other. And I'm very, very excited to be able to have that opportunity to do that. So it does go both ways. Everybody matters, from the children in the nursery to our preschoolers, to our children, to our students that meet across the ditch, to our college ministry, to our young and married couples, to our, our, our modern family, a, a married class, young adults, senior city. Everybody here has a place and a role to play. And I just want to encourage you this morning that you matter and that you're needed. And so I'm hoping and praying this year, as we look ahead to 2000. And 17, with a lot of changes and a lot of good things going on, that we would all begin to look again at ourselves and ask ourselves this question. Am I a member? If not, what's it going to take for me to get there? What questions do I need to talk to Pastor Marcus about or someone else on staff? How am I serving in this church? And how am I investing in the next generation one way or the other? Those are questions that we need to ask ourselves. And so our application this morning is let's make membership matter together and keep the faith alive.
for generations to come. Let's, keep, let's make membership matter and keep the faith alive for generations to come. Now, in just a minute, we're going to get to do something really special because we're going to get to dedicate a precious little baby to the Lord. And parents are going to make a commitment to the Lord and to that child. And then you're going to make a commitment to that family as well. But before we do that, I want to pray. And I'm going to ask Joe and our worship team to go ahead and make their way up as we continue this wonderful Sunday morning together. So will you pray with me as our team comes up? Father in heaven, thank you so much for such a wonderful day so far. Thank you for the the good news that's already been shared when we consider the sanctity of life and the ministry of life choices. Uh, Lord, thank you for a church family that is so loving, that is, has so much potential, that I see so much opportunity. God, I see, I see so many people here, Lord, that are just, they're just waiting to find their role and to find their place. I see a, a generation, Lord, that is, that is desperately in need of the gospel. I, I see our young people, Lord, who are who are so easily led astray and so easily falling away from the faith. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that when we look back on Christ's church, that we, would be, uh, that we would not be ashamed, Lord, but that we would be proud of the way that we have invested in the next generation, that we see champions of the faith growing up in the church, Lord, and going out and making a difference in this community and around the world. Lord, help us. We, we look to you now, and we ask you, God, to deal with us and to, and to bless us and to minister to our hearts wherever it is that we may be. And we love you, Lord, and we praise you. Now we're going to sing in Jesus' name. Amen.